0: welcome to episode 15 of coffee with the johns what what (laughs) this is the last episode for 2020 so we are making this a special episode by giving you our predictions of what we see in the real estate market what's going to be coming down the real estate market in 2021 what you can expect, along with, uh, like always, a ton of headlines that we have more corruption, politics, social media, censoring, businesses, drugs. huh? drugs, drugs, crime, sex, and videotapes. What? No.
1: No, I don't It know, just felt lesson, like it, it would go with. Let's an article you just added. Well, like, I don't yeah, see. We gotta that. keep it interesting. If you're, if you're going on everybody a here, likes I don't sex know. and
0: videotapes. Oh. So if this is your first time watching, consider subscribing. Helps out a lot. All this, all these shows take a lot of work on our end. So give us a thumbs up, share, help us get out there, and the um, like
1: button. Smash that like button.
0: Yes, smash the like button. Uh, Morning, Molly. Glad to have you on So, please let us know Where you're watching from, guys uh, I would love to see, like, where If you're in Texas, outside We had somebody from, what was it, Israel Watching, we so No, yeah. oh, that's
1: cool
0: I didn't you, know Wow It's like, sometimes <laughs> I just feel like I'm talking to myself I feel I, like
1: sometimes you just make stuff up and don't even realize that you're doing
0: it, it n- n- That could be the case I We're just don't thinking. know we, we will never know what the case is Nobody will ever know with you No So Yes, this is the kind of work environment that we have. How was your week, man?
1: Good. Oh, it's just absolutely fantastic. Had beautiful weather all week until today, but I don't know. Beautiful it's, weather. Yeah, 40s in the mornings, mid to high 70s in the afternoon. Beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's good summertime weather, but I would like a little more fall oh, more weather now. Hell,
1: you're gonna go to get that for how summertime. the
0: wholesalers treating you, man? I've
1: been dealing with some wholesalers. I mean, they're not. It, it's it's the nature of a wholesaler nowadays. I mean, it's one of those that I'm glad we've had the business tuition we have to like move yeah. beyond that and like progress, it. because I mean, it's a, it's a different industry than it was. I mean, just from two years ago, just from four years ago, yeah. when we start five, six years ago, when we started, like it is such a different market. And I think it's really driven a lot of, uh, we haven't had any kind of economic shocks, to the real estate market, except for one that made the prices go even higher unless listings come on that. So, and everything that's needed to distress, it was kind of been gobbled up by the market, renovated and put on the market. So there's not a lot of big financial distress that's driving new situations and inventory to the investment market or house well, it, that need that kind of. And it also seems
0: of, like the distress for of sellers has gone way down, right? Yeah. I mean, since inventory has gone down so much, right now. I mean, just if you have a half decent home, you can get rid of it. People have an immense amount of equity in their homes as well. So you're, you're kind of, there's not much of that
1: motivation that as wholesalers or investors,
0: we always look for. And anybody
1: that's moving to Texas from say a California or New York or a higher price area when their, their values are up too. So when they sell their houses, they get a bunch of cash and they move here. The prices are cheaper to where they look, look, I, I can't find something that I want, but I got a bunch of extra money from the house that I'm selling. So mm-hmm. I can pay this price for this kind of crappy house, but I have the extra money that I can put into the house to renovate it myself. So right. I think, I think you're seeing a lot of the, what we call like wholesales, like wholesaling to the retail market in a sense that, but now the consumer, the end the, the sellers are doing that. We're like, uh, I can just put it on the market and see what I get and get the highest price ever to our houses. If as long as I can still qualify for some form of traditional fan the financing to where like, as long as it, if it's just dated, I, it can qualify for financing.
0: Well, and we talked about like, if you have a half decent agent, which is a big, if, um, listen on the MLS is more than enough. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it's just that we have also seen that to have a half decent agent is also been quite of a challenge for some people cuz i mean we've dealt with agents lately that's like holy crap you guys are idiots overpricing a home that's like this home would sell in 2 seconds if you priced it right like it's just you know
1: well oh, it's the market well, that we're in i mean did you see those pictures that i sent you yesterday of that foundation yeah dude bad. that in
0: that house was
1: fixed up wasn't it it was a flip it was a flip somebody was flipping the house you can tell because i'm just the sales history and somebody paid like thirteen thousand dollars for a company to texted that to repair the foundation but you crawl underneath there and like the 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 Oh, I mean, the inspector crawled out from underneath. There. He's like, dude, this this foundation's bad. It's in rough shape. I mean, he had three pages of just pictures of what he found underneath this house for the foundation that had just been That's repaired. Nice. And they actually had city inspections passed and they had an engineer's letter. And I was like, the pier is leaning at like a 30 degree and you have like a two by four just wedged in here, like holding this thing up. Like, yeah. oh my God, how is that passing? But it just shows that uh, there are certain contractors that can get engineers letters and know how to work the system. And I just, I was just shocked that it's like, you paid how much money to get that done? I mean, for that price, you should have been able to replace all the piers underneath his house, but they didn't. And now you still have foundation problems because they leveled the foundation in September. And you you were
0: representing the buyers on this, yeah. right? So they're not taking it now. Uh, no, <laughs> I, 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 it's
1: just like, I, I told him, I was like, I asked him like, how bad do you want this house? Cause you're going to have to put money into this house again. Like they just, they showed me the invoices. They just re leveled the thing in September. yeah, And it's already off again in two months of like how bad this foundation Whoa, already uh, is.
0: After looking at those pictures, I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, it, it was it
1: was a shocking. I was like, Oh my God. Wow. So,
0: well, um, well, if I had my Mac, I would be able to pull up those pictures, but PC doesn't communicate with iPhones. So I can't pull those up. But anyway, Let's get into some, uh, let's get into some politics first. News, news, Yeah, let's cover some politics. But before we do, I, I wanted to, s- everybody so far is from Texas, uh, except uh, this guy, I don't know if you know him, Andrew Middlestad. Isn't he like really a- tall and giraffe AKA, AKA giraffe? Baby Giraffe. Yeah. Um, I see he's currently in Tulum, Mexico. So good for you, sir. Um. It's a very Hispanic sounding name. Oh, Mexico, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's not Hispanic, but sure. Anyway, getting into some politics. Here we go. Texas sues Georgia, Michigan,
1: PA, and Wyoming directly. Wisconsin. At, w- Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. That's what PA and WS name for. What did I say? PA and Wyoming.
0: No, but I said Pennsylvania. No, no? <laughs> Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. Anyway, directly <laughs> at the Supreme Court level over election rules. So, I mean, the, we were reading this, and it's uh, it's just getting crazy with the elections. I mean, with this whole thing about the, you know, fraud, voter fraud, and everything, and they are they believe very firmly in in their case right now. So they have they say. The state of Texas argues that these states violated the elect electors clause of the constitution because they made changes to voting rules and procedures through the courts or through executive action, but not through the state's legislature. So apparently they weren't following the proper procedures, mm-hmm. which to me, that's, you know, it, it's one of the things that we've been talking a lot with, uh, with my wife about is that like, why, is it that we just don't have one standard system for the whole country when it comes to presidential election? Like, I feel like that that shouldn't be left up to the state. I feel like that should be, you know, one system that can get everything done and get everything done correctly. Like, to me, the fact that every state has its own little quirks, I find it to already be flawed. So but to continue with the article in the lawsuit. Texas asserts that the states also allowed the pandemic as a, as a justification for ignoring state laws regarding absentee and mail-in voting. It accuses the defendants of flooding their states with tens of millions of ballots, applications with tens of millions of ballot applications and ballots in derogation drug. Yeah, no Derogation. derogation. I don't know if that's a real word, but they wrote it in there of (laughs) statutory controls as to how they are lawfully received, evaluated, and counted. So, I mean, it's, we, we've talked about this before, how we, and I think you and I are both on the same page on this, where we hope this is not true because there being this level of corruption and manipulation on the presidential level of election is scary for the country.
1: it, it undermines the, the, what faith there is in the voter systems. Or the people have a voice, whichever direction it goes, what sucks is it's no matter what direction it goes, no, no. if, and, and it's just kind of, I take it back to 2016 when like the left was extremely mad that Trump won. And they said, it's, oh, it's Russia investigations. It's, mm-hmm. it's, there's meddling in social media. They influence people. They, and all of that stuff. So now this is the right side and it, it's getting worse to where it's now it's like, what were the stats? Like only like 10% or 20% of us elected officials are acknowledging Biden as the president elect and then like most people that really, voted for yeah seen that yeah it uh, was something like there's it, it's a huge majority and a lot of people that um voted for Trump don't believe that that he lost the election they believe it was stolen so now you have this side that's just like yeah this is bs and the other side's like yes this is legitimate just like it was in 2016 but it's getting further and further in a divide which is uh concerning long term uh that you have this polarization of it. So you either, you either left or you're right there. You can't be in between. Yeah.
0: Uh, Well, that, that is one of the things that I think, um, you know, we've been very clear on that. We completely disagree is how they're forcing you and mostly the media to pick a side. Yeah. And it's like, to me as an educated human being, you should not be picking a side. You should just be an educated human being and make up your own mind that that could mean that you vote for a Republican. And then on another election, you vote for a Democrat because you are thinking you are being a critical thinker of your, by yourself, of your own, and you're able to make up your own decisions in your own mind. Right yeah. now, where it's like, well, my whole family has voted Republican or Democrat, therefore I'm going to keep voting Republican or Democrats. Like that, first of all, like that's not even, that's beyond stupid. But then, like, what I find crazy is that you're not helping anybody that way, and you're not helping yourself that way because at any given time, either side could be completely off. Yeah. You know, and we've seen that in the Democrats, in the Democratic side, where, like, even after the election, how they started attacking each other, right? Yeah. Because you have the far left, like AOC, Bernie Sanders, Kamala. All them, and then the the squad, and then you have the the more little far less far left moderate Democrats moderate Democrats, um, like your Biden, Obama, and all these other ones, and it's like, all right, I even I think Pelosi, because I think Pelosi was going after AOC and them, so you're seeing this divide between themselves of like, you got to pick a crew, you got to yeah. pick a
1: tribe. Well, I mean, th- and that's where I think they're kind of at with it is they're saying, Hey, we lost a lot of good seats and we should have won them because we were pushing all these values. And I think they were, and then now the far left says, well, we're the reason we pushed you over. Cause we had a lot of first time voters that came out from the far left that voted Democrat for the first time to help get Biden elected. But now we helped you get there. We want this. And yeah. that's where I think you're going to see a lot of infighting because you're already seeing it with some of the cabinet members that uh, Biden's bringing into his cabinet. that They're like, oh, we don't like his values. He's not left enough. He's not progressive enough. And so now they're saying, well, we helped you get elected. We want these things. So uh, there's a lot of infighting within those parties. So it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how it all shakes how out. How it plays out over the next four years.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's sad. To me, it's sad. I mean, it's sad to see uh, that level of, of fighting and, and divisiveness and, and separation between us. Yeah. Um. Even though like what's funny is I look at the day-to-day people, right? The people yeah. that we work with, the people that we engage with continuously. And we know a lot of them are Democrats and Republicans and they've been vocal about it, but we all get along.
1: Lakuna Matata, baby. Just right? hey, like, we all just yeah, get along. even when well, we talk
0: politics, that, that's what I find funny. Even when we talk politics, we can still agree on the same principles. Yeah. Like we are all literally saying the same exact thing. The difference is that we, you know, some feel that Trump or, or a Republican can get that accomplished. Others feel that a Democrat can get that same thing accomplished, yeah. but to hate each other when we all want the same outcome, it's.
1: Yeah. Well, I put, pl- I blame a lot of it on the media and, and from all facets, like your Fox and your CNNs to down to like Facebook and YouTube, because like they want, eyeballs yeah. and telling good news doesn't get eyeballs. It's like creating arguments, creating friction. Like that's what gets attention. That's what creates. And that's what the revenue is driven off of. So that's where I think a lot of this comes from. And now you have a lot of this, this censoring thing coming up of like, uh, information is being put out. You have videos being taken down because it doesn't leave, believe with a certain platforms views and it it's getting, it's getting crazy and i think i think it's getting worse not better um because those social media and those uh platforms are becoming more and more popular and more and more ingrained in our everyday society
0: yeah well and then uh, I mean, uh, to, well, like to said, finish off like texas argues that the intention behind these unconstitutional acts doesn't matter because the effect is still the same. So Texas is pretty much saying like they don't, they don't believe that these States did this with malice or with a want to do corruption. They're not saying that like, Oh, Georgia or, 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 uh, Wisconsin or Pennsylvania, didn't want, you know, they weren't trying to be corrupt. They weren't trying to, uh, influence the system. It's just that the way they went about it, it was only going
1: to do well, yeah, on I either mean, direction. It yeah. was going to be flawed. Well, and that's what the, they raised the concerns of like these systems were never meant to withstand that level of mail in ballots. Right. I mean, one of the stats I've heard from these things is like in, uh, I think it was in the state of Georgia, they had 100 or Pennsylvania, one of the two, Um, they had say had 200,000 mail in ballots in 2016. Yeah. And they had a six and a half percent rejection rate. So meaning they got them in six and a half of them. Something was wrong with them. Signatures didn't match. Something like that didn't go wrong. So those were set aside and rejected. Well, in 2020 they had 1.3 million mail-in ballots. So almost 10 times the amount, and the injection, the rejection rate dropped to 0.2. So it's just like. Yeah, because you overloaded a system to where there's like we can't – we don't have time to validate every single one of these. We just open, go, open, go, open, go because they have – the election laws only give them a certain window to count ballots by their state's rules. So it's like how are we supposed to get through all these things? Like we just need to go, 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 go. So that's where I think yeah. you have that – it wasn't done out of malice. and like, I mean it's good that they put it that way in the uh, – in the lawsuit, that is saying, "Hey, you didn't intentionally do that, but by doing this, the inadvertent effect was correct." This this issue, well, and I mean, obviously, they don't they or the state of Texas isn't alone because seventeen other states joined right. in support of this lawsuit uh, behind Texas. Yeah, so I mean,
0: so you have that going on, and it just doesn't seem like it's going away. I mean, like that, you have Texas. Not by, by any means. They're not a small state. And then you have 17 other states that are behind Texas supporting this lawsuit. Uh, obviously, the president is going to jump on as well. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at all this. It just doesn't seem like it's going to go away. And these things do affect uh, the predictions that we're going to have later on. So leading to the next article
1: that we have here is the four states talking back and what happens because obviously you put a lawsuit, a lawsuit out there are gonna, you're gonna create all kinds of medias uh, um, around this topic and they are going to respond. And, and it's not just the four States responding either. So the four States targeted in the lawsuit warned in uncharacteristically, uncharacteristically sharp briefs that granting Texas unprecedented requests would do violence to the constitution and disenfranchise millions of voters. Nearly simultaneously that this lawsuit was presented, Washington, Washington, D.C. Attorney General Carl Ryson filed a brief at the court on behalf of the District of Columbia and 22 states and territories defending the four states targeted by Texas. So you have Texas and there's 17 people coming out saying, we disagree with these four States. Then you have those four States plus 22 other States coming together saying, Oh no, we believe in this thing. So it's like that. you have this divide that's like, Oh my goodness. So the flurry of major briefs related to the case, including Trump's own request to intervene, demonstrated the dramatic and lingering polarization of the U S just weeks after one, one of the most con, con, contentious elections in memory. So here's some of the responses. So Pennsylvania, Texas, uh, in their brief called Texas attorney general, Ken Paxton, long shot bid to overturn other States elections, legally indefensible and in an effort to principles of constitutional democracy. Texas seeks to invalidate elections in four States for yielding results with which it disagrees. Pennsylvania scathing, scathing brief red. So then you have the attorney general from Michigan, Dana Nessel, coming and told in the court in her state's brief to reject Texas case outright to do otherwise would make the court, the arbitrator for all future national elections. The base of Texas claims rests on an assertion that Michigan was vi- has violated its own election laws. Not true. Nestle added the claim has been rejected in the federal court and state court in Michigan. And just yesterday, the Michigan Supreme court reject rejected a last ditch effort to request an audit. So you have these people coming back and just saying like, this is BS, we've already been down this route and now they're just, they're ha- unhappy with the election results. So now they're bringing a suit. And, but even though our states, uh, are saying everything was done right, legitimate and correct. When the state is the one that a- awards their electoral votes, not any other party influencing the, the other ones. Yeah. So it, it, you get a lot of infighting that way to where it does show the stark polarization of this, um, to where it's like, it's either you're left or you're right, and now you have the states dividing to where I agree with you. It's like we got to do something. We got to fix these damn election systems to where there's a better way to get this stuff done. To where this doesn't happen every single time. And you have, I mean, even within the States, you watch some of this stuff. It's like, no wonder it's such a chaotic mess. Like even within the States, you have different voting systems, counting different stuff. You have this software, you have that software, you have this machine, you have that machine, you have, this county has this loan to report. This one has a different one to report. And like, okay, this person can qualify for mail-in ballotings, but they don't like Texas. You couldn't claim the COVID-19 is a reason for requesting a mail-in ballot. But in Pennsylvania, they basically did away with that. It's like, if you want a mail-in ballot, you can have one. So, and
0: I think that's right. The the problem that Texas has with it is that, is the fact that, like, that shouldn't be an option just because you, whatever, you know what I mean? You don't feel fine doing it or whatever. Like, there's a reason for mailing ballots. If not, you need to show up and vote.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. So, I mean, I, in my opinion, I think Texas did it right because, I mean, we saw it here and we have people from all areas where people are like extremely scared of COVID to people that don't give a damn about COVID. Right. Yeah. All of them alike showed up to vote. Yep. And in the voting places they had the six feet distancing, the mask sanitizing, they would give you a glove that you that's how you machines. how yeah. you touch the machines and did wow. all that. I mean, the amount of precautions that we're taking, I, I think that were more than justified and, and, perfectly done that they didn't require for everybody that just because you felt like it, you send in a mail in ballot and it causes more problems. Yeah. So I mean, while this whole thing is terrible and, and I think it's sad and everything, it's one of those things that we still talk about that if there was fraud or just the system was so flawed that
1: it caused the wrong people to get elected, then that is an issue. Well, I mean, right? it would, this is just, just because of the way it went about with the massive influx of and in ballots and changing the system so quickly and government agencies aren't known for being efficient when it comes to change and quick change at that, it create a lot of irregularities. When you start really looking at these, these systems and these votes and the, like at the different ways that this, all this stuff was handled Yeah, that and it's just like, yeah, you're going to have a lot of people that are pissed off that look at that and be like, Yeah. You just logically, that doesn't make sense of why that was. I mean, you just look at like 1.3 million 0.2 percent rejection rate, 200,000, six and a half percent rejection rate. It's like that right there raises questions. Like, so why was there so much back in 2016 and not in 2020? But then you have the side one side's asking that question. The other side says it's not a problem. Don't worry about it. There's no way we can validate that it's debunked. And it's like, there's no clarity, and so there's no way to get good information out to the public of what happened because there's going to be people that's like whichever way, whichever way the direction goes, you're going to have a lot of people that don't agree with it. If Trump's able to overturn this thing, you're going to have 75 million people or 80 million, however many voted for Biden, believe the election was stolen. But then on the other side, if Biden stays there, you're going to have a vast majority of the 75 million people that voted for Trump thinking this election was stolen. Well, so either the way, being
0: that you know from what we've seen is that the people that would have believed that it was stolen from Biden are going to protest and riot where the people that it was stolen from Trump haven't really
1: done their own burn their own city down
0: yeah i mean <laughs> it's just one of those things like you you know thinking about it neutrally and i mean you guys feel free to comment down below and everything and let us know like where you disagree but you know just looking at what is I mean, when the Democrats are upset, we see riots and stores being vandalized and everything. But when the Republicans are upset, I, ju- I haven't seen it. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't exist.
1: It's just that. Well, I think it comes down to the voter base. It's like the people that lean left and more Democratic are const- congregated in high density areas in big cities to where they can go somewhere and get rights. They have news cameras, they have that ability there where it's like, it's a lot of rural voters to where a town I grew up in 1500 people, like you're not going to get 150 people out there riding in the streets of little Marion, Kansas. So I think that's where, and they'll say
0: so Republicans in big cities. You're saying,
1: you don't have a, a large amount of them like mm-hmm. as can, cause the bigger cities tend to go more blue. Yeah. So and where do these riots take place? Like even during all the riots of this year, they were taking place in Minneapolis, they were taking place in Chicago, they're LA. You had Yeah,
0: but even if that's the case, I mean, in, in my opinion, I guess uh the Republicans could congregate and go to a city and bash Democratic businesses. Yeah. I mean, anyway. This whole thing, why does it matter, right? If you're saying, what the hell does any of this matter for my business? It matters greatly because the way elections are won and lost, the way politicians are brought in, the way they push laws and everything affects states and affects business and affects everything. And as we can see in this next article, (laughs) Texas, the state representative will file a bill to allow uh Texas to succeed secede from the United States. So that's the kind of stuff that happens, right? That's the kind of stuff that we talk about that when you have all these things going on, you can expect things of states saying, you know what? Screw you. We see it with businesses. We see it with states. And on this article, we have state representative uh Biederman.
1: Kyle Biederman.
0: Kyle Biederman told his supporters on Facebook The following the federal government is out of control and does not represent the values of Texans. That is why I am committing to file legislation this session that will allow a referendum to give Texas a vote for a state of Texas to reassert its status as an independent nation. This legislation perfectly aligns with article one, blah, 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 and reads, All political power is inherent in the people and all free governments are founded on their authority and instituted for their benefit. The faith of the people of Texas stands pledged to the preservation of a Republican form of government. And subject to this limitation only, they have all the times the inalienable right to alter reform or abolish their government in such manner as they may think expedient. And then he finished it with hashtag (laughs) Texit. So hashtag he's, he's up with the people.
1: This is nothing new. I mean, like I was reading into this stuff and looking different things like this has been brought up over a hundred times since Texas became a nation. I think like the 1860 after the Mm -hmm. civil war. Uh, And it, just it brings what happened in 2016 is they after president Trump, when they're like, Oh, we're going to do a Cal exit. The California is going to succeed from the union. We want to become our own nation. So it's, it's these nations that are big enough to have their own GDPs that are large that saying, you know what, screw it. We're going to try to succeed from you. Well, um the, the,
0: though I was uh doing a little research and they were saying that uh even though this guy wants to file for all this, it says, uh, the union between Texas and other states and other states was a complete, as perpetual and as indissoluble as the union between or the original states. There was no place for reconsideration or revocation except through revolution. So I think that part is important or through consent of the states, according to the decision handed down by the justices. So without consent of the U S or by means of revolution, Texas can not secede from the union. So this guy is saying that Texas, Texas reserves the right, which is actually why I even moved to Texas because I was like, I was seeing things like this developing like way before I came to Texas over seven years ago. And I was like, well, if, shit gets that bad. I want to be in the state that has the means, the access, the access to the ports, the access to everything to say, Hey, we're out, you know, we're going to be our own things. See you right? later. We produce oil. We have whatever we need here. We can definitely work with, uh, other major economies, but they're saying here like, no, that based on the way you came into the the union and everything you can't leave without a revolution.
1: Yeah, so I haven't looked in the specific laws because you have that article but then you have one saying like written into this Texas state constitution it says we have the right to succeed because we came into this as an independent nation. So whichever's right, I don't know. Do I want to see it get that bad? No, because no. I don't think it's going to just be a like Eh, we're gonna leave. See you later. Sever that tie because now it's just like, how do you handle finance? How do you handle trade? How do you handle commerce? And what do you do uh, when you try to alienate yourself from that way? Because now the state, the United States, at that point would have the ability to tariff anything coming out of Texas to take care of its own. Yeah. So we would essentially have to become a smaller the independent small nation at that point. So we well, wouldn't wonder, have the backing of the United States anymore.
0: I wonder if they're using some of those, uh, verbiage where it's like, yeah, this was the initial agreement between you and us, but the overall agreement of this to be a state supersedes this agreement when yeah. that states that once you become a state, you're a state for life kind of thing. Right. Unless like they said, unless the States or, a, a states agree or there's a revolution because oh, you just yeah and, well and you look at it
1: because i mean the civil war like texas left the 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 north and joined the south right so i hope it what never I mean, happens i hope it never north. gets that way huh texas hasn't moved okay <laughs> okay mr pc politically correct Yeah, you know me Follow i believe in details
0: in, uh, yeah i believe in being politically correct all the time moving on why again why does politics matters look at Elon Musk confirms his move to Texas after a month-long fight with California. I mean, when I read this, I was just cracking up because— there's no it's surprise. Just, I mean, it, it's been keeps, coming for a while. And it keeps showing like, the, the, um, what happens when you just mess around too much, right? So this is from Elon Musk. He says, Tesla and SpaceX obviously have mass operations in California. In fact, it's worth noting that Tesla is the last car company still manufacturing cars in California. SpaceX is the last aerospace company still doing significant manufacturing in California. There used to be over a dozen car plants in California and California used to be the center of aerospace manufacturing. My companies are the last two is that for myself. Yes, I have moved to Texas. We have the starship development here in South Texas where I am right now. We're hopefully going to do a launch later today. And then we've got a big gigafactory development just outside of Austin for giga, Texas,
1: giga, Texas.
0: Giga Texas. And over the summer months, after listing uh, a lot of his Los Angeles, area homes i don't apparently he has a lot of homes he had, in Los like, Angeles.
1: He had like 10 homes in the... just, with
0: just in case one was closer from traffic jesus
1: well i mean when you're um, the second wealthiest man in the world behind bezos it's like well i can just buy whatever uh, i want because i think it looks cool yeah yeah that's nice um it'd be it's nice like to a, be his like, real estate agent oh right <laughs> it's, just, it's just like a little kid i mean and probably on the spectrum of like wealth like he buys cars like a little kid buys uh little hot wheels like that's a cool little hot wheel i want it and that's oh, how much. yeah, when you have that kind of
0: hot wheel money. Um, and then he says, so uh, during the summer months, he's been selling off all the homes, and he quietly moved his charitable foundation to Texas as well. So why is this important? Going back to it again is my point and what we've spoken about before when people say tax the rich. This is what happens. You're going to tax the rich, right? By all means, have at it but they're going to find a way around it. And what ends up happening as you tax the rich, as you try to punish this big, bad rich companies that are providing jobs and economic growth. They go somewhere else. They're still going to be okay. Yeah. The rich are still going to be rich. They're not rich because they're They're idiots. Yeah, Like they're rich because they know how to manage money. They know how to do all this. So take advantage of tax incentives. Like that's
1: how Elon Musk became became wealthy. It's like there was tax incentives there and he used them and that used those tax incentives to sell credits to other companies to become wealthy himself and build Tesla. But so going back to it is that
0: wealthy people, big companies, they're going to find a way. They're always going to find a way because they're usually led by entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. When you have these entrepreneurs like Elon Musk is, they're always innovating. They're always thinking five, 10 moves ahead. You understand? And if you keep hurting them, they're going to say, you know what? I don't, I don't need this abuse. I'm going to go somewhere else. So when people, people, because they're headline readers keep saying, yeah, go tax the rich. I'm like, you are the one that's going to get screwed. Mm-hmm. You are the one that's gonna lose because you start taxing the rich in California, you start taxing the rich in, in New York, you start taxing the rich. Basically, they the West start and
1: Northeast leaving.
0: Yeah, and they leave and they take their jobs with them. They take their companies with them. And they take their future leave, growth, man, but they innovation. Also,
1: these states are like passing like nail in the coffin legislation where if you leave, we're passing a wealth tax for ten years because you made your money here in Texas. We're gonna fo- or in California, we're gonna follow you for the next ten years and tax you ten years into the future. It's like, oh my God! It's like if there's any reason to be like, screw you! Yeah. Like we're out! Uh, like and- you're trying to handcuff me here and not take away my freedom, the ability to move. And so. then what,
0: what's amazing though is seeing, like, to me, I'm like, Abbott for president. Let's go. Because <laughs> this guy, I mean, his. He's very presidential. His, I can see him. Like,
1: the way he moves well, plus and talks. Like,
0: his hustle for thinking about what is the best for Texas and going after it and chasing these people down and, like, you know, pretty much uh, poaching them from California, right? Going to Elon, going to all this. And it's like, what do you need to come to Texas? Oh, oh, you need this here. Well, oh, you need that here. Done. Why? Because you're bringing in billions of dollars of well, tax revenue. Like you're bringing in Texas thousands of jobs. Texas is responsible
1: to give tax credits to move these companies over here to offset them leaving California. Like HP, last week we we're talking about moving, what that moving was an eight billion dollars a company here to Houston. Then you have the Nasdaq. NASDAQ. The Nasdaq's talking about moving some of their trading operations from yep. New York to, as I believe, Austin. It's like. Yeah. Cause like these taxes, they're just like, screw it. We're out. And I, I only see this situation with the COVID and everything exacerbating that situation or the fact that it's like now these States need more revenue because the ones that already tax high are the ones that are shut down the most draining their coffers even further. Yeah. So it's really, that's where, I mean, I think a lot of it's coming down to, they're just hoping and praying that they can win these uh, two runoff elections where they can control all three branches of government. So like these left-leaning states can get big bailouts. But to me, yeah. And then it's like, to what
0: end? So you want these big bailouts you want, you know, all this money because you keep screwing up. You keep biting the hand that feeds you, right? These companies, the people you keep punishing, Everybody that pays their taxes, everybody that produces jobs, everybody that, that has been growing your economy, you keep punishing. Mm -hmm. And then you lose revenue. And then you're saying, Oh, government, uh, we need a bailout now. Yeah. To what? Like to me, if I was the government, I would be like, Oh, you want a bailout? You need to reform your state. Yeah. Because you are not business friendly. You're not investment friendly. You're not friendly. Like I mean, you're just He's not.
1: Friendly. You're mean.
0: You're a big <laughs> you're, bully. You're a bully. <laughs> you're a bully. So it's like you you can't be doing those things, right? So I would put stipulations in place that it's like, hey, you want this kind of bailout? You want help? You want to recover? You need to change your laws. And like we talked about, so I've never been, right? But from you and other people that I've spoken to that have been to California, all tell me the same thing: California is gorgeous like, you go to California, you have everything. You have beautiful beaches, you have great mountains, you have great weather, you know, it's a gorgeous place to live. So why are you being such an asshole? Like, why are you punishing businesses? Why are you punishing all this? And then whoever greases your wheels as a politician, you give them favor. I mean, I was trying to look for it and I, I couldn't find it, but there was a video I saw on the bed David podcast of this lady that spent like 80 grand renovating her restaurant just so she can open with the safety protocols that they put in place, 80 grand, the government, and what's Newsome allows a film crew or something to set up like right next to her with tents, not abiding by any rules, any legislation, any regulation, anything, and just set up right outside her parking lot, pretty much bogging down all her business with no, with none of the stuff that she just spent 80 grand on doing yeah like they're killing the small businesses they're killing the mom and pop shops yeah just as long as somebody comes and greases their their hands so it's like come on yeah. like at what point you know what i mean like it, it just it blows my mind
1: it really does and i mean you even have these states that say like when trump was talking about like pulling uh finance or aid from some of these Countries that were really struggling, that had the famine, the third world countries and stuff like that, like states are stepping up. Like California's one of them. Is like, well, if Trump pulls all the aid from these other nations. California's going to step in and do it themselves. Like you can't even take care of your own, and then you're going to send yeah. money to Venezuela because the United States is pulling their well, aid. And
0: plus, like California has a big GDP, right? That's something that you've always brought up. Like and they're they, the
1: largest. They're one of the largest contributor to the national gdp. No,
0: but I'm saying like they have a large gdp compared to a lot of countries as well. Oh, yeah, they're
1: well. like the six, I think it was like something like the sixth largest gdp nation and, if yeah. it was if it's own nation.
0: Exactly. So it has a massive gdp. So you're saying like okay, that that gives you power. You're losing that at record pace. Yeah. At record pace. I mean, now Elon Musk doing this and pulling out like yeah, it's going to take time, but HP doing it they're setting the stage, showing people like you can make that move. You can do it now. Here's the issue. And and here's something that you and I spoke about before is yes, these companies can make the move, right? Tesla, HP, Elon Musk himself, they can all make the move and they take their companies with them. The issue that I see, the people I feel bad for are those that want to leave Texas, but can't. And as far as a lot of people want to they say, want to leave Texas? Sorry, California. Okay. Too. I, to me, it's like, they want to come to Texas. I want to leave Texas. Um, but they can't because they can't afford to. Yeah. They they can't, they don't even have the savings to say, okay, I'm, I'm just going to get rid of everything. Move to Texas, get a place, find
1: a job. You can't. Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? They you don't, don't have enough money. They don't money. have a
1: thousand bucks to even try to make that.
0: They don't have move. any of that. So it's like, those people are the ones that that's how you increase more poverty in the well, state. Because that's where,
1: I mean, that's, yeah, they, they, you already see it, the unprecedented explosion in homelessness in Texas where like you used to have these beautiful boardwalks, like in Venice beach. And now it's mile long of tent cities yeah. to where I think you're going to have that. You're going to have government supported employees, very low income workers, and then ultra wealthy. Like you're not going to have any form of, Middle class small business left in California. It's going to be but then supported what, by the what government.
0: But ultra wealthy, the ultra wealthy that Newsom is giving perks to because the ultra wealthy, I mean, Elon is literally number two. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, or he keeps fighting with the owner of Louis Vuitton, but like he's up there. So you don't get pretty much any more ultra wealthy than him, except for Jeff, be- Jeff Bezos. He left. Yeah. so it's like and we saw that in New York as well where the ultra wealthy are the first ones to leave yeah because they're like hey listen um I like my money and you're killing me with this yeah
1: right so it's like
0: I I don't you know what ultra wealthy is gonna stay
1: the corrupt ones the ones that are I mean that's the only one that that makes sense it's like because like you, you got to have some people there supplying the money so you have ultra wealthy that aren't paying taxes they're getting around the taxes some way and they're okay with However, California is running it because they don't, it doesn't affect them. They're on a different pedestal of life than everyone else. I mean, it's your high end gated communities that the homeless can't get into yeah. and, and destroyed. it. they don't have, they have private drivers. They don't have to drive around themselves. They don't have to interact with people at stores. Like everything's delivered. They have private jets. They have private helicopters. They can get around. Um, That's and the, nice. What? That's nice. Oh, I've yeah. everything delivered. Don't no, have
0: to do anything. It's interesting. Like in the chats, you're I'm seeing a nice little discussion going on between uh, Molly, Lawrence, Capital Asset Pricing, and um, it's just funny. Like Lawrence, Molly, Capital Asset Pricing, <laughs> just a, a company in the middle of people. Anyway, I thought it was funny.
1: They, <laughs> they uh, find a lot of random things funny.
0: They're talking about all the people moving to Austin, how Austin is little California and all that, but. I've been kind of thinking about this more and more, and I also kind of think that California, uh, California, California, Austin, the Democrats that are coming here are more of your moderate to center Democrats. I don't think we're getting a lot of those far left AOC, you know, Democrats that are are wanting social. I'm sorry, they've rebranded Democratic Socialism. (laughs) um because that it's different it's different different. democratic social yeah big difference they have democratic in front of that so that um that that you don't see that many i i think or at least maybe it's just false hope i don't know but i hope that the democrats that are coming from california from all these other states are more of your moderate more of your your democrats that are like yeah i'm democrat on social issues and stuff like that but when it comes to money I'm more of a conservative, yeah, right? Like I'm progressive, more of a...
1: progressive on social issues, but fiscally conservative. Right. So then I think that's
0: going to influence a little bit as far as, you know, how the voting gets done and all this. And I think this election has probably brought a lot of the to a, their attention of saying, ah, yeah, I think the far left is a little too far. Like, yeah. let, let's let's bring it back a little bit. You're going a little too off. You know what I mean? So. That's kind of my hope that yeah, um we always talk a lot of crap on Austin. Well, I mean
1: but even then like I I follow some people um online that I mean the mayor Adler, some of the stuff that they pushed through a city council and like they're Texas Hammer? what? Mayor Adler. No.
0: Adler, the Texas Hammer.
1: The the mayor of Austin's last name is Adler. Oh and they're trying to they're trying to get grassroots movements to have him repeal or remove from office because of the stuff they do and the, how fast they're destroying Austin, um, with the explosion and the homelessness and some of the laws that they're passing. And I mean, I'm even seeing it here. I just noticed that yesterday when I was driving downtown to check on one of our projects, there's a bridge that six months ago, there was just maybe a, a remnants of a homeless person that slept there. Now I go down there, there's probably 20, 25, 30 tents underneath that, overpass and it's growing every time I go down there and or it's like you're getting these encampments even coming here of like these populations growing up growing up underneath these bridges and it's just like okay uh, that's the stuff
0: that uh, Nuremberg, Nuremberg pushes for you know that he's he's one of those because that's what upsets me with Nuremberg is that he's one of those politicians that actually San Antonio is a big gateway to like Senate seats to like big pol- political positions in DC. Um, I don't know if you knew that, but I remember reading that. They were saying like pretty much anybody that's been a mayor in San Antonio has later been opened up to big positions in government. So you can tell that that's where Nuremberg is leaning towards, right? Because he's following that playbook Yeah, and it's that, that's what's sick sick to me because you still got to do what's right for your constituents. And you are not, you're doing what Washington is trying to push on to everybody, but you're not doing what's right for San Antonio. Mm -hmm. You understand? You're starting to see that. So I really hope that San Antonio wakes up. And and I mean, we have
1: another round of elections coming in next year for the mayoral races here. So if you're unhappy with how this has been handled on a city level, Get out there and vote because he he barely won this last election to where it goes forced into a runoff because nobody got more than fifty percent and oh, him, nobody showed up to vote. Oh yeah, it's like thirty thousand people like show up to vote for those. it's, yeah. it's insane when that that's actually the, the everyone complains. Oh, I want to vote. I, I hate what's going on in Washington. And it's like well, I'm going to vote and try to change. It's like those policies and things are so far out of your control that you're hardly going to see them in your direct life where you are going to see those in your local elections. Cause there's the one that controls states. They're the one that elect people to or appoint people to certain positions that take care of streets and street maintenance and saw CPS, your yeah. utilities, uh, your roads, your transportation, uh, your business taxes, your business incentives. It's like, those are the people that control or have control of what will affect you every single day. Yeah. So that's where it's as crazy that the elections are swung that way toward more people show up to turn to vote for things that don't matter, that really, they matter, but they're not going to have direct effect on you in the short term, but they don't show up for things. That's like that could literally affect you in the next year yeah. or two. So
0: what was, uh, Elon Musk saying that with corporate America, you put an article in there.
1: Oh, or he just put in there is it's like uh, Elon Musk on the problem with corporate America is like, there's too many MBAs, uh, mm-hmm. you got masters or masters of business Associ- association associate. I think that's what it stands for. So I think there might be too many MBAs running companies. Musk said this MBA Asianization of America <laughs> isn't great. Musk said, especially when it comes to pro- product innovation, big corporate CEOs often get caught up in the numbers and lose sight of their mission, which is to create Quote unquote awesome products or services, according to Musk. Because you got to give Musk, he's created some pretty cool stuff over his day, like his own tequila, the, the Flame flamethrowers, thrower. like the Tesla car, the SpaceX. Oh. He's pioneered a lot of cool things. He says there should be more focus on products or services itself, less time on board meetings, less time of financials. A company has no value in itself. It only has value to, to the degree that is an effective allocator of resources to create business services that are a greater value than the cost of the inputs, this thing they call profit must uh musk added should just mean over time that the value of the output is worth more than the inputs. And I mean I look at this it's like yeah, but you're a freaking billionaire that's getting subsidies that can run negative for a, just raise money and run at a loss forever. And it's like your normal small business can't just run at a negative profit forever and create a business like over time it creates something good. It's like yeah, but a lot of small businesses can't run at a negative for very long before they run out of business. So yeah. they can't like, so it, it is, but I, I do agree with him to some extent that when you go through college, like they kind of create their business, like they come out of Harvard, Yale, um, your Ivy League schools, like this is how you do business. And it's focusing on the bottom line. It's to create profit for the shareholder and the, the board of directors, it's not to create such cool, awesome, innovative products and stuff like that. So I see where he's saying it. Uh, but it is also one of the things that like, yeah, but you also need to realize what life is like for somebody. That's not the second rich wealthiest person in the world either. As I, I think he sold when he sold out for, um, PayPal, he made like $400 million yeah. and it's just kind of, even at $400 million, you're at such a different level of life that it's just like, ah, oh, man, I can fund these startups and different stuff and my connections raise money and run out of negative and just have growth, growth, growth and eventually make money. Well, I mean my issue,
0: like what I, be- I don't believe in MBAs anymore, as well as when I hear, <laughs> I hear people go to school for entrepreneurship. Um, <laughs> it's just to me, having been in business. And- how, how,
1: my question is, what do you have a class on like psychological like preparedness where it's like, we're going to take your food, we're going to take your money now. You need to go out and work to actually be able to eat tonight. No,
0: they have a class called hashtag rise and grind, hashtag ha- hustle, hashtag hustle. 10x. <laughs> um, it's just to me when I hear that. Um, it's kind of like MBAs and going to school for marketing. I think they're antiquated ways of learning now because the business industry is evolving so quickly, right. And businesses are changing so quickly, uh, consumer, um, what, am, what's the word I'm looking for? Like consumer psychology, the way consumer spending is, And all that keeps changing so drastically because it's being influenced by technology, right? Mm -hmm. It's being influenced by the, the phones we use, by the services we have, by all, you know, social media, by everything. And it moves so quickly that how can a college or university, whatever teach you something that's changing literally every six months, to 12 months. You know what I mean? Like my way, my thing is like, you want to get an MBA, go work for a business. Learn. Learn yeah. what it is to be in a business. You want to learn marketing? Go work for a marketing company. Go put in the work because in putting in the work, you're going to learn. You're going to learn the strategies. You're going to learn what's working. You're going to learn how to pivot. You're going to understand human. If anything, what I think you should be going to school, let's say you want, um, you want to learn marketing, go to school for human psychology because that's what marketing is, is understanding the human mind. Mm -hmm. because you got to get in front of them. You got to capture their attention. You got to be able to convert them, get them, get them to close. So that's psychology, right? So go to school for that, but don't go to school for marketing. Don't go to school for
1: entrepreneurship. I mean, mean, that's that's insane. That's just a waste of money. Yeah. It it is something that is, it's a double-edged sword. I think it's like, it kind of builds on itself and kind of destroys itself to where like I do agree that, Hey, having a business, uh, like a, a business degree does prove some benefit, but I don't think it proves benefit to the level that it's being done nowadays to where everybody can get an MBA. There's online courses that have MBA that have no real backing behind them. You can get student loans for it. it's turned into kind of a for-profit kind of, uh, business model to where yes, go work for a business, but a lot of businesses have like, the, the, the glass ceiling. If you don't have a college degree, they'll never let you above it. But Or, like, even, or they won't okay. even let you into management until you have They use it as but a doesn't screening matter. process. But those businesses, they're the ones that are going to have to
0: pivot quickly because the good the good labor, the good work are going to be snatched up by these companies that are saying, we don't care if you have a diploma. Yeah. You know what I mean? And those are the companies that are going to hire the best work because the you don't get the best workers necessarily because they have a diploma saying that they're a good student. Yeah. You understand? You get the best no, workers agree. because you get somebody that can hustle, somebody that can put in the work and learns and implements and understands and can be an entrepreneur within your organization. Somebody that can innovate within your organization, doesn't have to be guided like a student would have to be. You understand? So those companies, to me, I believe a lot in the free market where I believe it's like you keep doing that and you're slowly going to start dying because you're going to lose that pool of great talent that's going to other companies all because you require some bogus diploma. That means absolutely nothing. Only that somebody went to school and tested. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, well,
1: I mean, and I think it's like, uh, wife put it in here as I agree, but companies using things like indeed to just filter through resumes, only care about the degree you have. And so they use it as a filtering tool. So it's like, cause you can't discriminate against somebody if they have a, uh, because I, I went to, i used to help with hiring for the company i work for out of college mm-hmm. and i was like oh if you have a good candidate like you can circle on the page and' be like oh i want to talk to this person like nope you cannot do that I'm like what do you mean you can't do that i want to talk to that person yeah but that's discriminatory that's it's it's against the law to pick people over like, try to say like i like <laughs> meeting that person so i want to remember you can't you have to make such an impression. That's why. And then when in today's world, where everyone has a degree, it's like, it's used as just a filtering tool to just get people out to where I think that's where the, the case comes out to where like, Everyone has one, so everyone gets one. But nobody has that hustle anymore because they're all being programmed to. If you want a good job and a good career, you almost have to get an MBA. If you want to work for an established company, you have to have an MBA because they just you you're 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 working at McDonald's, you're well, not going to make it up to the corporate even if, level.
0: Let's say, and maybe Valeria, you can tell me um, or Molly, but like even if they're asking for a diploma, are they verifying that you have it, or they just want you to say yes because if I was somebody looking for a job needing a job and knowing that I would do whatever I need to do, I'd be like, what diploma you say you want? Yeah. I have that one. It's somewhere like, are they actually verifying? Like, no, Uh, we're going to check with the school. We're going to check that you actually went there. We're going to check your grades. You know? I I don't know. I don't know. I've never applied for a job. I don't know. That's (laughs) all I'm asking. Like, is that a thing? Cause as I look at my, the way I live my life is that I always, I'm never worried about, let's say, Financial crisis because I always know that I'm willing to do whatever needs to get done to take care of my family, whatever that means, right? I I will do anything to take care of my family. So the way I look at it is, if I need a job and they're asking for a diploma, I'll tell them I have it. W- what are you gonna like? What? What does that mean? What I mean, is that well, diploma yeah, so gonna they, prove? Well, so
1: they can. Well, that's just it. Like, what is it gonna prove? It's like they don't care what it's gonna prove. It's just exactly. The fact that you have it. But, but that's what I'm saying. Re, like, uh, if
0: they're asking for proof, okay, then yeah, that's that sucks. But yeah. if they're just wanting you to fill it out, just to have a filter well, process mean, through the application process, right? But they they don't actually check. They just yeah, and, uh, and it's they,
1: a, they're it, more hoping that people are honest. Well, that's what I say. Like, is when I went to college, um, I was in my last semester, um, and after I got my job and stuff like that, I don't know. They verified with the school. They never asked me to prove that I got the diploma. So yeah. I don't know if they've verified it or not. Um, but I, I think I remember hearing some articles and stuff of people like falsifying documents to get jobs. And then later being found out that like, Hey, you never attended this university. you uh, never got this degree. Valeria
0: just put no, but I'm sure line on your resume isn't going to go over well. I get your point, but not everyone thinks that way. Um, And Molly is saying that, yes, they do run background checks. So is LJ. So, um, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Like uh, that just sucks because uh, I think maybe as employees, maybe you got to just get creative and stop going after these major companies and start going after the smaller ones. You know what I mean? That you can maybe get in front of somebody that's a decision maker. And even though that's not the proper procedure who gives a damn, get in front of them anyway, find them on social media, find them in person. I mean, like it's not that hard to find well, what people damn near be a
1: stalker. But it shows initiative. That's exactly. like man, I'm not an easy person to get a hold of, but you managed to get through. So obviously you have some gumption. And and like us, you know, like yeah,
0: we're hiring, but if I have somebody that's like beating down our doors wanting to work with us, I'm not gonna ask for qualification. Just the fact they're willing to work that hard to get a job, I wanna see what they can do in the job once they have it. Like I'm curious now. You understand? So it's like, you know, as an employee and again, again, I'm talking my way of being and not everybody is that that way and everything. So I understand, but my way of being is I would do that. I wouldn't go for your major companies. I would go for more of your, you know, local smaller, but they're still doing well and just be like, look, I would, what do you need coffee? I'll bring you coffee every single day. Just give me a shot. I won't disappoint. Give me a shot. You know what I mean? But that being said, I uh, wanted to cover one more article on uh, this whole crazy rules and bad policies. policies. And this comes from the other side of the pond. Your
1: home state. Other side of the New pond, New York. The other side of the pond? You're crossing a lot of ponds to get from California oh. to New York. Uh, I'm saying from... From how?
0: Where? Anyway. so <laughs> Next subject. Goldman Sachs. Uh is leaving New York and their ridiculous Texas taxes for Florida. Um, I said Texas because I did see somewhere where they have a portion of that is coming to Texas. So you have Goldman Sachs, another one financial giant is planning to make a brand new start of it in Florida by relocating its asset management division that generates $8 billion in annual revenue according to Bloomberg. Yeah. no, sm- That's why, like I said, like it's the big players that are leaving. Taking the hub to Palm Beach County or Fort Lauderdale will be another major blow to the stat- uh, to the stature of New York as the nation's financial center. Because Goldman Sachs, I mean, that's a huge power player in, the, in mm, Wall Street. A, mess, a massive investment I mean, bank. By, and by all means, I, I would say even the biggest because, I mean, Goldman Sachs, I'm, most of the freaking... Uh, financial advisors and people that went to work for the White House after they tanked the economy in two thousand eight they they were all from the majority were from Goldman Sachs. I mean, they produced really high powerful players. So
1: Dallas- total assets under management one point eight five nine trillion dollars. Yeah. Yeah, assets, don't, assets under don't management manage total assets 992 billion total equity 90.8 billion number of employees 38,300 so so you
0: and oh. then they also say Dallas is also a consideration for continued expansion with its corporate presence there so goldman sachs with 41,000 employees has moved employees to Dallas and Salt Lake City in recent years to reduce costs and it set a goal earlier this year of cutting costs by $1.3 billion.
1: And how the, so. and you ask like, how are they doing that? It's like, they're not cutting their services. Yeah. All they're doing is literally moving employees from one high cost area to another, They're probably do some internal stuff, but it's also the real estate office space, hell of a lot cheaper in Dallas and well, Florida than it is in New York. The
0: reason they're able to do it too, is that because of COVID, yeah. They've realized how much work can actually be done remotely because they, oh, they have techn- adjusted. Yeah. So now you 10 have 10 years ago, even, you,
1: could, you couldn't
0: Goldman Sachs, 10, 20 years ago, yeah. Goldman Sachs, so investment have, bankers could do that big stuff. Big players. They're like, it's fine. Go move wherever you want. You still work for us. Yeah. You understand? Because your job can be done from wherever the Technology you, has changed so oh, much. you that. can't work from home, right? Because you can't focus fine. You need an office space. We'll rent you an office place. And I don't know, wherever the hell you want to go live in Texas, maybe it's still going to be 10 times cheaper than having an office space in New York. Yeah. Right. So it's like, go, we'll pay for your office. We'll pay for your house. Cause we're still coming out ahead by having you move and by having our employees move and by having our
1: home base. I mean, I just go back to the, the Stripe thing where it's like $20,000. They're paying their employees $20,000 to move to another state, but they do take, what was a 10% pay cut. I think it was, it was, they had to take a 10% pay cut to move somewhere. But like from San Jose to Austin, it was a 40% cost of living adjustment towards like you're getting a pretty much a 30% raise by moving from one place. To the other. yes, you yeah. make less on a dollar amount per basis, but that dollar goes a hell of a lot further here than it does in Silicon Valley.
0: No, it, it's a huge thing. Um, and having a, such large companies starting, you start seeing other ones because it's, it gets competitive, right? All these companies are very competitive with each other. So now you have Goldman Sachs making this move to bragging about how many billions they're saving, right? That's, that's to the bottom line. Don't you think JP Morgan, Bank of America, all these other institutions are like, huh? There's an idea. Well, they have to be competitive because have... like, they're in the
1: same industry, the same services and stuff, where it's like Goldman Sachs is making more revenue per dollar spent because their tax bases and their things are lower. That means they can hire the be- better employees to where, like, shit, now we have to compete. So yeah. now we have to move. We have to find and ways the, to cut that. And cut then
0: you also have, uh, you know, the Dancing with the Star Emmy Award winning Cuomo uh, saying that he's going to raise taxes uh, next year regardless. Of stimulus regardless of anything he's gonna raise taxes for everybody not just the rich he's raising taxes wah, wah, wah. so it's like uh, what are we doing here right like going back to it like to me I, I mean please somebody in the chat explain this to me what are we doing here Where, is this when is enough enough when does somebody just say all right are, are, are we all just idiots here like what the hell is going on yeah you are losing billionaires and businesses like crazy jobs like crazy people that can't afford to move they're moving they're leaving the state yeah. they're hauling ass bye-bye and you're saying oh you're gonna do that all right well here pay more in taxes
1: i mean i don't know well moving Jesus. on past this no we got i don't want to move on we I'm got upset. a lot of stuff to uh, I'm upset. cover today okay. is One um time about businesses is the bars ordered to close in bear County until oh, further right. notice. And it's just one of those, like, do we not learn like, but, and when I say they close these businesses again, when it's like, but it is also, you haven't adapted. You've seen this stuff coming where they're allowing you to stay open. If you've converted to a restaurant and they've allowed you to convert to restaurants by lowering the sales amount of food and alcohol door, it's like if you sell 51% of your revenue comes from alcohol sales, you're a bar, but now it's like you. And then, so 49 comes from food. They've lowered that amount down to where only 35% of your revenue needs to come from. I think it's in the thirties, 35% of the revenue come from food and you're classified as a restaurant. So, uh, yeah. And you have wolf that wrote in a letter to uh, T
0: a B C, I guess like what, tobacco, alcohol bullshit control officials. I don't know what the BC <laughs> part. Um, Tuesday to notify them that he is choosing to opt Bayer County out of Governor Abbott's order that allows county judges to determine whether bars and similar establishments in their jurisdiction can reopen. Then on October 14th, bars were allowed. Uh, so, so pretty much what it was is that Greg Abbott said on October 14th that bars were allowed to reopen with certain stipulations if the county judge. In the jurisdictions where the bar is located, approved it. To qualify, however, counties had to have less than 15% of hospital capacity taken up by COVID-19 patients. In Bayer County, bars were allowed to reopen October 20th. Wolf says that the decision came after a positivity rate increased to 15.7% on Monday. So he says positivity rate, but they're saying that it's 15% of hospital well, that was, that's capacity. That's
1: what he, he did in Greece. Like, we can't wait for that hospitalization rate to get to that 15% because it's too late at that point. So we're going to go off of the positivity so, rate.
0: But that, that's my thing, right? So that that is while I get your point on, you know, bars need to adapt and I'm a hundred percent like to me, it's, it's what we talk about the free market and, and you, you being responsible for your business. COVID is not new. It's been for months now, right? Yeah you know these things why have not you why haven't you made these adjustments one but then two is that well if they keep moving the goal line on you yeah it makes it very hard when they keep saying okay hospitalization rates need to be 15 percent then you have the judge that comes out and says no i don't agree you're the bar owner and you're like well then what the hell do i do i can't invest uh, money well, I, I'm, I'm closed like i can't invest
1: more money to restructure my bar well, yeah because i mean i like going to tap rooms that what it's called a tap room and so they have multiple taps strip club like, no oh. tap tap multiple taps uh so different types of beers and stuff like that to where hey, it's like you? but they don't have the ability to they don't have a rest they don't have a restaurant they don't have a kitchen they can't convert into a kitchen for the specific thing to where like they're stuck with mail-out orders to where like they might lose some business to, uh, bars that can. So, I mean, it does suck, but i might think you put in this article that Bear County has tested 670,000 people since testing began. It's like, how many of those are repeats though? Oh, my
0: wife gets tested, I think like two or three times a week before her job. So like
1: that's, yeah, that's, that's one saying, like, person
0: and anybody in her, uh, line of business, which is, uh, the healthcare industry, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. They're being tested multiple times a day. Cause I say so, six, uh, I mean. 670,000,
1: like we only got like 1.1 1. 1 million people here. Like, so that means well over half have been tested. And I was like, I don't know. I've known a lot of people and they haven't ever been tested or the ones that have been tested, they've been tested multiple times yeah. Or like you get test positive, then you have to go back four or five, six times until like, oh, now I'm finally negative. Like, so does that count as uh, six times?
0: Valeria, if you're not? listening, put it in the chat. Um, there's something about like the way they were accounting for the positivity rate where they were saying like, Oh, today's positivity rate hit 670," but that was taking also into consideration a backlog of positive results that were positive like weeks ago and they'd never counted them then. So they're counting them now and they're saying it's this, but it's like, how are you counting something that was weeks ago for today? Like shouldn't today be today? And weeks ago be weeks ago. Like you can adjust those numbers prior, be like, okay, these are the adjusted numbers for a week ago. uh, Now that we got the new results or whatever, but like, how can you say those things when you're just piling in data from all over the the place? place? Because it's, it's all
1: who knows but let's move on to the next topic and good news Man, is you're moving the, so quick bro you got like eight more to get to on here uh, so i got oh I, shit 911 i got stuff Woo. to exactly you got to watch that time so the fda Woo. panel recommends approval of the pfizer uh, COVID vaccine. So that's fantastic news. To show like that's kind of light at the end of the tunnel. And I said, and it's getting the lights getting bigger because it's already being approved in the UK for distribution. The full FDA could grant emergency use authorization of Pfizer vaccine as early as Friday today. The FDA does not have to follow the advisory committee's recommendations, but the agency often does. So, that is fantastic news that the vaccine is coming out there but there are some portions that you have to read that like it's not going to be available to everybody right off the bat to where it said it's unclear whether the FDA will authorize Pfizer and biotechs vaccines for the use in cent- certain groups. Some people including pregnant women and young children will likely have to wait to get the vaccine in the US until Pfizer can finish trials on those specific groups. The FDA s- said Tuesday that there is currently insufficient data to make conclusions about the safety of the vaccine in children under the age of 16, pregnant women and people with compromised immune systems. And regular regulators in Canada, the UK, and Bahrain have all cleared the vaccine for use by most adults. My thing was like, so compromised immune systems, isn't that who really needs to be pretty careful? Is people with compromised immune systems, but now you're telling me the people with compromised immune systems, the most at-risk group? can't get the vaccine. It's no. like, that sucks. So, but now it's like, we got to get it to everybody else and hope that enough her- herd immunity to where it isolates to where those people, if they do get it, can become treated. Yeah. And then
0: they're obviously they're very worried about, you know, people not taking the vaccine. So now this, um, who was it? It was this politician out of, um, yeah, give me a second computer too many screens. Okay. So John Delaney, a former Democratic Congressman for Maryland, uh who also ran for president in 2020. Everybody ran for president. Uh he came up with an idea of saying, "Hey, how about would you be willing to get COVID vaccine in exchange for $1500 stimulus check?" So they're pretty much trying to hold the stimulus check hostage in a way or his yeah. idea is that if you want that stimulus check, then you need to get the vaccine and you're going to get $1,500 for doing so. The faster his point is that faster we get to 75% of this country vaccinated, the faster we can end COVID and the sooner everything returns to normal. If you're still afraid of the vaccine and don't want to take it, that's your right. Delaney said you won't participate in this program, but guess what? He added, you're going to benefit anyhow because we'll get the country to herd immunity faster, which benefits you. So think everyone. So I think everyone wins. So his thing is, you know, because that's what the biggest debate, uh, even though we don't, I don't think we have the article on, on that cause it just doesn't really matter. But the, the stimulus is still like, they're still fighting over it before they want, they want to do 1.3 trillion, 1.2 trillion. Now the Democrats came down to like 900 billion and the Republicans don't want to do it and they don't want to do it. Now, uh, Trump is pushing for $600 a week. Um, I mean, they're all over the place, flip flopping left and right from everything. And so, there, but there is a lot of talk that Americans are not going to get another stimulus check. Mm-hmm. So his thing is like, well, let's give people a stimulus check and get the vaccine out by combining the two. Yeah. Right. So that being said, I would love to hear from you guys in the chat type in yeah, or give me a, a hit the thumbs up button. If you will get the vaccine and hit the thumbs down button, if you will not get the vaccine,
1: Bro, you're going to get so many negatives. I got to switch mine now. What? <laughs> I got to switch my thumbs up to a thumbs down. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, I am curious to to see what people are saying and I, and yourself as well. Like personally, obviously, because I can't talk for other people. They're, I'm not giving them the vaccine, but I will not get the vaccine. But not because it's the COVID vaccine or something like that. It's just because I don't like medicine. <laughs> like I mean, I'm a kind of person that I'm in pain and I still won't take a pain reliever because I'm just. I'm not a fan of medicine, right? Like I just I, I believe like let the body figure it out kind of thing. Yeah. So, I don't I don't take the flu vaccine either. Uh, um, I just you know I just don't like it. So, I don't need to either, right? Because the business that we move in, we don't come in contact with that many people. We don't travel on airplanes. We don't work for the healthcare industry. We don't we're not teachers for little kids in school or anything like that, that you can say, hey, you're risking a lot of people's lives. Yeah, we're not in that space. So because I believe our exposure to people is very limited, I don't feel that I need to subject myself to a vaccine that, in my opinion, my personal fear or concern is that it really hasn't been tested we don't know what the things symptoms are going to be. We don't, I mean, I was reading an article where they were saying like, they don't even recommend it for kids 16 and 17 years old and definitely not
1: younger because of bad side effects that they've been well, they, getting. Well, they haven't had, they don't have enough test data from that. Okay. That's what the article I was reading is like, they don't, they don't recommend it because they don't have enough evidence from those specific groups. So,
0: but that's just as bad because it's like, so you don't have enough evidence, right? So we don't know. We don't know to just go ahead and say, but we do have enough evidence showing how potentially bad COVID could be for a 17-year-old that has maybe a decent immune system, been taking their vitamin Ds and all that to make sure their immune system is good. We we have evidence on that. So to me, it's like when you look at both and you, it's like, all right, well, we have evidence that's like... You're damn near guaranteed you're gonna survive if you get COVID versus the COVID vaccine, where it's like, yeah, we we don't know what's gonna to happen. To me,
1: I'm just like, mm, that's a no-brainer. Like, I mean, it, people can make their own choices of the science. Like, I'm with you. It's like to me, it's like I believe the more you expose your kids to dirt germs. And everything like that, it builds a stronger yeah. immune system as they grow up. It's like, if you put a if you I mean, it shows you put somebody in a bubble from a little kid, they never let them get dirty and they never play with dirt. They never expose those germs. They're more susceptible to diseases, infections later in life. Right. So like I'm of the mindset, it's like, uh, I would rather let my system be exposed to those things because it, now it builds its own immunities to these types of viruses into the future. And I think over long-term you are, I'm going to, play out better over the long term being able to have immune system that can combat these kind of infections and stuff like that. So well I mean what's interesting is
0: that so we get a lot of thumbs down and Valeria says definitely not for money. Um what about three thousand dollars? <laughs> That's up the ante. But we have capital asset pricing saying two years ago I experimented by not taking the flu shot. I got sick twice with the flu that season. Jesus
1: twice in one season man that's that's pretty bad it's like i I haven't taken a flu shot in oh my god uh years i mean i didn't even take it through college i mean it's probably it's probably been a decade or more since i've I've taken one and like i got the flu one time when i was 21 and Mm. yeah i felt like shit for two three days but lo and behold came out the other side and didn't grow a third arm or didn't die from it. Didn't get pneumonia. It's like, and I'm sure some people do I'm not. I'm not turning no, that down And, at and all. Nobody's saying Th- that it, it's, it's just like, yeah, like, you, I like, I prefer to expose myself and I don't want you to force your political, your, not your political views, your personal health issues onto me being the way right. it has to be, especially for something that has the survival rates. Now, if you're talking, this disease has 50% chance of dying. If you get it like, okay, a little bit different or, even,
0: of, or uh, even 50% chance of being severely ill in the hospital.
1: Right? It's really but, ill and have long-term repercussions. But from even then,
0: it's like those percentages are still low. Yeah, for this. So exactly. then it's like, and you know, so I mean, we, that's why I believe you need to be educated, not follow the headlines, because you need to make this decision on your own. But so yeah, that that's with the vaccine. So hopefully, um, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen because that's gonna influence again what's gonna happen next year. If the vaccines are coming out, people are not rushing to take it we're not hitting herd immunity, the media is not playing it to the advantage of the country, then, you know, we could see more lockdowns, more yeah. more of this stalling, more of all these issues. So it, it's, um, you know, it, it's it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. But another article that we wanted to talk about, switching, shifting gears a little bit here, is you have the FTC and the states sue Facebook and could cause it to... Divest Instagram and what's up, WhatsApp, WhatsApp,
1: WhatsApp doc. We can go on for a long time about this. Uh, we had a quite a long discussion about this just yesterday. That I wish it could have been on this time, but don't have the time to get into an hour long discussion uh, over this article. But uh,
0: yeah, so in this article, you have the Federal Trade Commission and the Coalition of Attorneys. Attorney generals from 48 states and territories filed two separate antitrust lawsuits against Facebook on Wednesday. The suits target two of Facebook's major acquisitions, Instagram and WhatsApp. Both lawsuits are keeping remedies for alleged anti-competitive conduct that could result in requiring Facebook to divest the two apps. The most important fact in this case, which the commission does not mention, in it's 53 page complaint is that it cleared these acquisitions years ago, says, uh, Facebook's chief counsel, Jennifer Newsted. And then she says the government now wants to, wants a do over sending chilling warnings to American business that no sale is ever final. The FTC alleges that Facebook engaged in a systematic strategy to eliminate threats to its monopoly. <laughs> Including the 2012-2014 acquisitions of Instagram for one billion and WhatsApp for 19 billion, as part of the lawsuit, the FTC will seek a permanent injunction that could result in the diversity, diversity, Jesus, the words they use, the splitting up of Instagram and WhatsApp. The agency, the agency said. Additionally, the FTC will seek to prohibit Facebook from imposing anti-competitive conditions against third-party software developments. Since toppling early rival MySpace and achieving monopoly power, Facebook has turned to playing defense through anti-competitive means, the FTC states. After identifying two significant competitive threats to its dominant positions, Instagram and WhatsApp, Facebook moved to squelch, squelch, those threats by buying the companies reflecting CEO Mark Zuckerberg's views expressed in the 2018 email, it's better to buy than compete. <laughs> when Facebook bought Insta in 2012, everyone said they were nuts spending that much on a photo sharing app. And I remember that, that everybody was saying how insane it was that they were paying a billion dollars for a simple photo sharing app. They're like, it doesn't compete with Facebook. It has no legs to stand on. Like, it's nothing like in Facebook. All they saw is like, no, they have some great technology that we would like to incorporate into Facebook. I love a, uh, uh, quote by Mark Twain that says politician, politicians are like diapers. They need to be changed often. And for the same reasons, because to me, this is, you know, Obviously, like we talked about, they they haven't shown, uh, at least to our knowledge, any real evidence of what type of meddling or or monopolizing they've been doing. They haven't shown any facts on any of that. They're just saying they keep saying Instagram and WhatsApp. To me, it just kind of to his attorney's point, this is setting a precedence that if
1: you as a business get too big, the government will break you up. But that's what I was saying. Like they use that arguments is like. But AT&T in the eighties was, they, they were approved to acquire all over. They didn't get that big by not acquiring a bunch of companies through approval and they got broken up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But like we talked about, AT&T was different because they controlled all of the phones and setting rates and stuff like that. Facebook doesn't do that. They don't control all of social media. You still have LinkedIn. You still have Twitter. You now have
1: TikTok, You now have parlor. Like they're obviously not doing that. But we, that's sort of the point is like, we don't know. They, yeah. they said, because I didn't read this 53 page, compl- or that was from them, whatever the page document was, the lawsuit they brought against. But if you have 48 attorney generals across the, all the United States, all joining behind this lawsuit, like, obviously there is something that they want to have investigated. Like well, yeah. I, I look at it towards it's like, it, yeah, you get too big, the government's going to start messing with your business. That's your fault as an entrepreneur and- getting that big that you allowed yourself to, in a position where... It, it's showing the government will that's do it. That's your fault as an entrepreneur for getting that big? Or by pushing those kind of buttons that know is going to get yourself investigated. Like, you know that's going to come. Look, I'm all for, like I said, like I'm all for
0: investigations just to keep Facebook and large companies like this on their toes. Right? To make sure that it's like you're not doing anything illegal. But them simply saying that we want to break you up just because you're too big. But we don't know
1: if that's what they're saying. As like we okay. don't know, we haven't read the the lawsuit or the what's gone against well, it. They're saying but
0: they, what the FTC keeps stating is Instagram and WhatsApp, and they keep stating it over and over and over. Instagram and WhatsApp, Instagram and WhatsApp, and it's like Instagram and WhatsApp do not compete with Facebook, like they're not the same. They're not a social. They're 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 not the same kind of platforms. You know what I mean? But what would compete with Facebook? I would say LinkedIn is more of a competitor, more of a apples to apples. Even TikTok doesn't compete with Facebook. They compete with Instagram, right? Which is a part of Facebook, but it's not apples to apples. In my opinion, it's like there's still competition and parlor now is coming up and they're, they're hauling ass. They're doing well, even though it's mostly in the, in the conservative space of business owner of, uh, not business owners of users. It's more conservative, uh, Republicans are more in there. Um, I don't know. To me, it's like, like we were talking about yesterday. I just, what I worry about, I don't like big government. I don't like government stepping into business. And I don't like these career long politicians that know nothing about any of these things, putting their two cents into what should be broken up in a business, in a technology that they can't even understand. To me, that well, that's is that's the point scary. about bringing
1: the lawsuit because they bring specialists in there. Like they don't know, they don't understand it. They feel there's a threat, so they do the probes, and then they bring people that do understand it into it's Like because they're going to hire yeah. a legal law firm that understands technology, they're not going to have just somebody go in there because obviously Facebook's got their back oh, pocket sure. of attorneys that are going to go that understand their position. So now you have to bring somebody onto the other side that can defend the lawsuit. So obviously then, those talks have already happened to yeah. think this is worth going after. And then to tie into that, we have right now, we have,
0: (laughs) they did a cute little play on the words. So you, quote, have to be kidding me, tube. So YouTube. Uh, Starting Thursday, all video uh, mention, all video mentioning voter fraud are coming down and replaced with links to CNN, NBC, ABC, and CBS. Well, Uh, this video's gone. Yeah. So we were talking about that. Cause John, he's like, oh crap, they're going to take down our stuff. If that happens. So you guys know, all of our videos are posted on our website, so you, they can't take that down. Um, hopefully so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's, that's the issue, right? Like we, oh. we talk about if you want to talk about the power that these companies have is freedom of speech is no longer free in these platforms. Now my thing is that they're owned by somebody. These aren't free platforms for the community for like by the government or anything like that. These are businesses. Yeah. They do have the right to stipulate whatever the hell they want to do. My point of view is that they hurt themselves that way because then you other platforms come up like Facebook is doing this, then parlor stuff is stepping up and they're getting a lot more people coming over to the parlor using parlor, not going on Facebook. So it's like, if you start doing this, you start hurting yourself as a business mm-hmm. and you have YouTube now that has
1: been censoring quite a lot of people for mentioning things that they just good Lord. Not, well, that's mm-hmm. my point. We talked about Like Facebook is even doing it to where you just mentioned the word unemployment, like, Oh, political view. Like, no, And from the damn government website, unemployment rose. And that's what I'm saying. Like, nope, that's a political view. We're not going to let that ad be posted on our platform. Like, my God. But that's also the thing where um, I think they're it's, to your point, they're retarded that they're doing that. They're going to hurt themselves business-wise. But now you're also stepping out of the grounds of the Article 230 that protects them from liability lawsuits from what's posted on their platform to Mm -hmm. where you have a lot of people saying that, You aren't a provider anymore. You're a publisher. You're acting as a publisher to where CNN, Fox, ABCs, they are responsible for what they put onto their platforms where they can be sued for the stuff that happens. Just look for that, uh, that kid that had the, Oh, it was a March where they showed the little clip of like the Indian, like beating a drum and the kid like in his face, like with that little smirk on his face. And you want to bring a huge lawsuit against, uh, those, Platforms for defamation character, and he won hundreds of millions of dollars yeah. because of that. You can't do that for YouTube, you can't do that for Facebook, but now they're stepping outside of that realm, screening these people. They're acting as a publisher, then more of a provider, which now eliminates them from the ability to have lawsuits brought against them for uh, what's posted on their platform. And yeah. I was like, thank God that was done.
0: Yeah, uh, um, it, it's. That's why like I tell people like while these platforms are important and everything to get reach and to get in front of people and everything you still got to have a backup plan. You still have to be able to understand that it's rented space. It's not for you, you know, it, you don't have any rights to it. You know, you you have a free space that they're letting you use and giving you access to people. That at any given time they can flip the switch, the plug, they they can flip the switch, I mean, <laughs> switch the plug. Flip the switch and cancel you and get rid of you and censor you what i find the worst though is how they're pushing everybody every um video that they take down they're pushing to abc mbc cnn so they're pushing it to all the pretty much the left-wing news stations so it's like there's an agenda too like you have a political agenda too so it's like okay so if you come up with anything pretty much because who's talking about corruption, fraud and all that is the right. So anything that is related to the right, they're going to take it down and they're going to push it to the left. So it's like, yeah, that's, you're controlling the narrative big time. And YouTube is the second largest search engine behind Google, which
1: owns YouTube. So they are the number one search engine between those. And this year alone, they've had, they've reached
0: over a hundred billion views just on like just the gaming side of YouTube streams, just yeah. on one section. So, I mean, it's insane how much they're being used, but let's start being that's nine 30. Let's start kind of, uh, wrapping it up. We'll finish off with this, uh, real estate article and tie into the, our prediction. Sounds good. Sounds good. So we have homeowners
1: are a trillion dollars richer thanks to the pandemic-driven housing boom. And this is important, too, because it it goes into some of the predictions uh, that I have, and by looking at the information mm-hmm. of like foreclosure the coming foreclosure crisis i'm like mm, i don't know so homeowners are one trillion dollars richer than in the pandemic driven housing boom as prices rise home equity multiplies in the past year homeowners with mortgages represent about 63 percent of all properties have seen their equity increase by 10.8 percent according to core logic that equates to a collective one trillion in gained equity or an average of seventeen thousand dollars per homeowner the largest equity gain in more than six years it has contributed to a Historically low foreclosure rates, although part of that is also due to mortgage for forbearance programs that put in place at the start of the pandemic. Still, it will help those borrowers who are struggling most and may not be able to keep their homes. They can sell into the market and potentially still make a profit with pent-up demand from the spring now largely. Ex- expended mortgage interest rates unlikely to fall further inventory at record lows and early signs that the excess from cities is slowing home sales will edge back further over 2021 wrote Matthew Poynton property economist at Capital economics. That, alongside the tight credit conditions, suggests the current boom in housing prices will prove short lived. As it stands now, the share of borrowers in a negative equity position, owning more on their mortgage than their homes are worth, is down more than 18% from a year ago. There are just now 3% of 1.6 million mortgage properties in negative equity positions. Hmm. So. That is, wow. that. that's where my point where they say, like, I don't see if we're coming for a closure crisis unless they're in that 3% of the 1.6 million mortgage, whatever it may be, that are underwater and can't sell at the market. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of pent-up demand. Mortgage rates are low. A lot of people have equity. And they have the ability to sell and still potentially break even, make a profit, or lose a little bit to get out from underneath their house in their current situation. So what's your... What do you, what, how do you see 2021? Got to make, I wrote down notes Ooh. at three o'clock in the morning when I couldn't sleep. So on the mortgage, uh, I, I agree that you're going to have a moderating real estate market. I think interest rates are going to rise some in the mortgage industry. Uh, in 2021, I don't think they're going to rise drastically, but I could see everyone saying, Oh, they're going to stay low and they're not going to go up. I think they are going to start to go up just because if, and a lot of it hinges on, I think what happens in, um, January with those elections on which way the government kind of goes, because one side prints a lot and that money needs to be absorbed from somewhere. And somebody needs to provide it to take on that risk. So you're going to, they're going to start wanting premiums for the additional risk, for the level of debt that's being pumped out to be able to absorb that kind of money. So I think, uh, real estate prices are going to moderate. I don't think we're going to continue to see this 10% year over year gains, but I think we'll start to drop back down to where we were previously to where, um, back to your like four or 5% gains year over year. Okay. And interest rates,
0: rising you feel that that's going to rise regardless of what the fed was saying that they're not going to rise their interest rates but you believe home interest rates will rise
1: yes so they're going to do that to stop the increased prices of homes no and i don't think they're going to they're going to force it i think the market's going to force it the
0: market's going to force the rise of interest rates yes how is that going to happen
1: Because of the supply and demand, I think you're going to have, um, they're going to try to keep mortgage rates low, but I think there's so many people that have done it that I don't think they, they can rise anymore. Like, I don't think they can go lower. Um, but I, I just, I think mortgage rates are going to rise a little bit. It's just a prediction that, uh, I'm moving towards.
0: Okay. Well, in my opinion, real estate next year is a hundred percent, uh, going to be based on what happens as far as these COVID vaccines, as far as the news, you know, keep politicizing COVID and everything. If, I mean, I don't see why they're going to overturn anything, but I do see that Biden is most likely going to just be president and that's just what's going to be. Uh, so, with Biden in place, that being done, I think next year is going to be more of a stagnant year. Like, I don't think we're going to see huge swings in any direction on anything. I think it's going to be kind of a choppy year. Um, it's going to be a lot of headlines, a lot of big news. That's going to be forcing people to go and, you know, like kind of just be scared and just stay on the sidelines to wait, to see what is Biden going to implement, is he going to raise taxes? Is he going to do this? Is he going to do that? So while that's going to happen, I think a lot of people are kind of going to be on the sideline. Now, my prediction for real estate is next year. If you, as a real estate investor, want to have any level of success, you need to become an adaptive real estate investor. You need to be able to get rid of your emotions and because you might have to invest in things you normally did not want to invest in. And that I believe has been the biggest lesson for us this year is that there are areas of towns we don't like. There are types of investments we don't like, but because of the change in the market, because of demand, because of the buyers, because of what it is, we've started making exceptions because we analyze the data. We analyze the market. We analyze what makes sense. I mean, that's one
1: thing I do agree that here in Texas, especially San Antonio, I think inventory is going to continue to be a problem to where I think this huge jump we've got is because interest rates load were lowered. So that means people could afford more very quickly. But before this, you saw an issue with a pricing demand where people weren't afford, weren't able to afford those mortgages anymore. And then you saw appreciation starting to slow down over the last several years to where you, all of a sudden you had this pent up demand, mortgage interest rates dropped that made a huge jump in pricing, but it didn't really add any value. It just adjusted the prices to where a lot of equities were very quickly created. So I think inventory is still going to be a problem here in Texas for sure. Because one of my predictions is you're going to continue to see more businesses moving to tax free business friendly States from these other places. So you so- aren't done with all your predictions. No, I had a bunch. So keep going. I'm keeping keeping it real estate. I'm I'm going in a flow. Um, I also, so are we done with the, are you done with your real estate predictions? No, I thought you were going to go and then I was going to go. I didn't know we were going in order. Okay. Well that, I'm I'm agreeing with your prediction there. So are you done with your prediction? No. Okay. Continue to go.
0: Okay. So what I was saying is that, so as a real estate investor, you got to be able to adjust. You got to be able to adapt, stop being emotional. So what's your prediction with that though? So, my thing is that what I see is more on the buy and hold side. Like, I believe that rentals are still going to be a big play in 2021. I think they're just a smart play, regardless. You know, uh, I think with single family rentals is where the play is because it gives you more outlets than, let's say, multifamily, right? Multifamily, jobs move, anything happens, the asset is what it's worth. On single family, you can own a finance, you can sell, you can do a million things with a house and to get rid of it. If something happens with multifamily, not so much. And as far as real estate, it's going to be very location-based. So you got to pay attention in what city you are investing in. If you're in a city where they have high taxes, where they're not business friendly, you need to understand that real estate is going to take a hit in those cities. People are going to be moving, money's going to be moving out, prices aren't going to be rising as fast, rents are going to be rising as fast, it might take longer to sell, might so be take longer think, to rent. Uh,
1: now that going back to my previous spot like why I think interest rates are going to rise is because you're going to have because that's that's being not being bought up by the fed currently they're buying mortgage backed securities and stuff like that but i think there are going to be certain levels of risk that people are going to be compensated for they because i mean these banks that originated these notes they're not holding them themselves they're uh, originally yeah, they sell them selling all. off to somebody else yeah. and i think those investors and those people buying it are going to want to start to see premiums for those mortgages over this two percent and stuff like that uh that is being created and or especially like places that are high state used to continue to see exodus of jobs i can see people saying i don't want to take a $1.7 million jumbo mortgage in San Jose, California, in this tiny little house. It's like, I don't want to give a 3% on that. I think I'm going to more want four. So I think that could drive up. And
0: and even then I think lenders are going to be a lot more stringent as far as investment properties go. So if you're an investor and maybe you don't have the income or whatever to justify the loan, I think it's going to be tougher for you to get a loan moving forward because they are getting scared. You understand that they they are still afraid of all these things that that what was a point five percent uh fee that they're adding for refinances and all this and last time in two thousand eight what was the biggest issue were investment properties because when shit hit the fan people liquidated what was actually worth something and houses were the one, the only assets they had that were worth something. So investment property is something that somebody's very quickly willing to get rid of if they need capital and they need to take care of something because they know the value is always going to be there. It's not like a stock. That's going to go to zero. Um, so we have Lorenzo asking, what about section eight? My only thing with section eight is that it's government funded and You know, anything government funded to me is like a toss up. They can come up with these things, how, you know, the government is closing and run out of money and stuff like that. So you can see maybe that becoming more stringent for them to qualify people in Section A. Maybe. I I don't know. To me, something that's government based is something that I personally like to stay away from. But again, we analyze the data. So if the data was to show something else, we would maybe look at it, but not something that right now, I'm even slightly I just never curious had the,
1: and- the, the yeah, the, the issue that or dealt with section eight, um, and about new construction. I think, uh, new construction is still going to probably be one, of one of the hottest sectors because there is still a massive in Texas. In, in, initially it's location-based. Yeah, yeah. It's like, there's a massive sub shortage of housing. And I think that is something that's I mean, the problem I think you're going to have with new construction is to be able to find profit and be able to sell these houses because land is also extremely expensive, lumber, material, labor, all that stuff we where like, you almost can't afford to build a $200,000 house because you just can't get the, you can't get it cheap enough. All right. So it, it makes it very difficult Whoa. to. And then another that
0: thing style. that we're seeing is developing more and more is, uh, build to rent. Mm-hmm. So we're starting to see that because you're not getting a massive profit if you build to sell, right? But, you are getting somewhat of a decent profit if you do build to rent, where you at least get maybe a little bit of cash flow. But you have a brand new house you just built, yeah, and hopefully an infill lot in a neighborhood that there really ain't, there isn't much space for them to build. So now but I think, I think the, the, prices keep going up. So now you know, right now you're not getting the profit, but maybe in a year yeah. prices went up enough where now you got the profit. Well,
1: that's where I think is like in that sub median home prices. I think those are going to continue to increase at a very rapid rate. Mm-hmm. I think that, that part of the the industry you're, I mean, you're going to see, so if you can buy a house, build it, hold on to it, rent it, hold it for three years. If you're, if you were able to build it for anything under 200,000 and it's only worth 200,000, I think that's going to dra- go up at a very rapid rate yeah. here in the next yeah, uh, you gotta uh, year. You got to pay
0: attention again. You got to pay attention to the market. You got to pay attention to the market data to make sure that you're staying around the medium price point of your market. To make sure that you're not buying a a house or building a house that's substantially
1: overpriced from your market. So my other prediction is that if the elections aren't overturned, Trump announces almost immediately that he's running in 2024 as for president.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think that's... Almost so, a guarantee. So
1: that that's my... I think he will... He's not going to go away. He's not going to take that loss. He feels like the, 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 the elections were stolen from him. He's got a very vibrant brace underneath him that agrees with that, his his statement, and follows him religiously to where it's like somebody like that gets punched in the mouth. They're not going to... At, at all costs, he will go back and try to win again in 2020. I, mean,
0: I, I truly do feel that he feels that he was robbed, that he is trying to... It, And regardless of what your political views, I do feel like he came in believing that what he was doing was right for America. And he feels strongly that what the other side is doing isn't right for America and that the election was stolen. And if that's the case, somebody like Trump with the ego that he has, he can't take that
1: line down. Nope. So, yeah, I agree. I have, you kind of mentioned to it, but I, I agree that relatively flat stock market, maybe it ekes out a little bit of a gain, but I don't, I can see it being volatile, but yeah. I don't see a whole much, a lot more value being added. But three months ago, I was like, dude, this market, it can't go any higher. And then it well, went another 10%. It, I think it gained what, 10% just in November alone. It's going it like, to
0: depend on how much the government invests in the stock market. Cause the government, the federal reserve, everybody, they they've pretty much become stock investors now. They've been propping up the stock market and everything by pumping all this money in. So if they keep doing bigger stimulus and they keep doing this, the stock market will go up. But you, what you got to look at again is not just the nominal number of the stock market. You got to see the country as a whole. You know, if California with the massive GDP they have, keep taking the hit that they're taking and new york with another massive gdp keep taking the hit that they're taking it's going to keep affecting the economy and it's going to affect unemployment and it's going to affect a lot of things so coming next year you need to really pay attention to where the job's moving from and to that's where you want to invest is where they're going to right and then you also want to pay attention to like just not being emotional and i think going back to real estate like as a wholesaler You need to become an expert in real estate. That means that you need to understand your market. You need to understand the strategies. You need to understand your buyer pool because that's the only thing that's going to keep you as a wholesaler in business because that's where we're seeing right now. So many wholesalers are struggling is because they're like one trick ponies. They have the one strategy that's been working for them, and that's the only thing they stick to. They don't pivot, they don't adjust because they're scared of change. It's, it's and, a, the,
1: what we, we somebody told us: like the people that survive in hard times is the 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 mad scientist for a deal. Yeah, the one that structures it, however the deal actually makes it, it's not saying like, hey, you buy it cash at this price. And that's the only option you have. Yeah. So you don't have subject to, you don't have short sale. You don't have anything creative. It's just like, hey, here's this house at this price blasted out to a list of 10,000 people that I, I've seen on Facebook. And we're trying to find more deals. People are like, oh, I'm updating my buyers list, trying to get new buyers. It's yeah. because you had the wrong buyers to begin with. Like it shouldn't be. Or, or a, you have those. Uh, you have a one-time the, buyer. Those
0: dumbass investors that will blast a lead and put like everybody in the email and you see all the emails on the email subject line yeah, and it's like, like 400 names. And it's like, dude, like it's insane. You, you're you know not, you don't even people. know what their buyer requis- uh, requisites are. You don't know anything. So yeah. you're hurting yourself as a wholesaler because now you're just blasting these deals out and you're probably going to have a bunch of other wholesalers reaching out to you saying, yeah, I'm interested. And they just want to wholesale wholesale wasting your time, seller's time, yep. you know, and, you got to be a mad scientist. What these past deals that you and I have been looking at, how long have we spent talking about them and not with one strategy? We took out one strategy. What if we do this, this, and this? Okay. Eh, now, okay. Now this strategy. Okay. What if we combine this strategy with this strategy? What if we do this other strategy? Like we're really sitting there trying and, to make and, and formulating and trying to figure out like, where's the market going? Where's the data? Okay. Let's analyze this neighborhood. Let's analyze the growth because that is how you're going to make a deal work because right now a lot of the deals that you may be buying, you buy them as they are. And you're like, okay, yeah, not a really a home run. But when you put all the data together, it's like, yeah, but over the course of six months, a year, it becomes a hell of a deal. Yeah, I agree. You understand? So you, you gotta, you have to be able to pivot. You have to be able to analyze. And that's why when people say, Oh, I want to be uh, you know, I have a, a full-time job. I want to start wholesaling and doing this. Like, you can't be a part-time investor
1: you know yeah uh, not did, today's market for sure i mean you could be, get away being a part-time investor in 2012. because of the it, fact that the the plethora of actual deals and maybe there, there was wasn't there. that much competition a, yeah there because, was a very quick yeah, switch you didn't have as many buyers Twelve. yeah you didn't have as many buyers but no. they weren't hard to find if you went to aria or you found somebody it's like you could probably between 12 and i'd say maybe 15. there was a short window that you could kind of part-time but after that it's like no everything's being competitive you need to be knowledgeable and you need to know what you're doing uh i got two more predictions yeah um i think we're going to start seeing more legislation for some form of UB, universal based income start coming down next uh, year yes uh, you're going to start seeing i don't think you're gonna see stuff pass because the way the government works i think that's going to be start to becoming a more reoccurring uh topic because like i followed like Ray Dalio and he says, when you have the monetary threes over the past, it's like they have to get money down to your lower tier people to help stimulate the economy up to your bigger spenders to get things going. So I think you will start to see, um, especially, I think it's even it'll be even harder pushed if they, the Democrats win in January, you're going to start seeing that, uh, pushed more and more.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the, the last prediction for me is that I believe that we are going to see real estate being attacked a lot more because as home prices go up, as rents go up, as, you know, if they don't open up the economy and people keep hurting, they're going to start attacking real estate. They're going to start attacking landlords. They're going to start attacking investors where they're going to start saying, okay, Hey, this is the bright spot in the economy. It's the one place that
1: like technology is booming. They're going to try to.
0: Yeah. I think they're going to try to manipulate real estate prices and everything by hurting the people that invest in the real estate. So maybe ten thirty one exchanges. We're going to start seeing talks about that. We've already started hearing some stuff on that. We're going to start seeing, you know, them trying to control landlords, trying to control rents, trying to control how you rent, who you rent? They're gonna try to start. They're stifling. gonna try to slow down yes. price
1: price increases, just like they try to do with healthcare. But that obviously didn't work. Correct. As like, and it's gonna create more problems because you already see those kind of problems and controls in the West Coast. My last one is um, I'm curious what your thoughts are when the mask mandate is going to end in Texas. In Texas. In Texas, I'm thinking April. April.
0: No, I don't know. I don't think so. I think, uh, honestly, it just, it depends so much on like, it, it depends on the media. It depends how, how many people actually, uh, uh, jump on the vaccine, right? One and regardless of the vaccine works or not, because I think it's all media controlled. So I think it's going to depend on what the media decides to do with all this. And if the media, because they finally have a Democrat president, they start killing the news of COVID and start bringing something else that's in the what forefront, taking into effect, that's then effect. That's it could I'm, be about I'm, the first quarter at the end of the first quarter of I'm, next year. So but that's
1: why I'm kind of taking that into effect in the fact that Texas has been shown to like kind of buck the trends on certain things of just being like, you know, what, we're done um, and moving out. So I think that is like, as those vaccines start rolling out, I see the narrative switching in the federal government so that Joe, <laughs> the president can take the credit for how quickly they ended the, how quickly we ended the pandemic once we got into office um, and you'll start to see those things. Lifting. The thing I think is that,
0: that Biden already has said how he wants to mandate masks for the full 100 days, his
1: first 100 days, First 100 days and 100 days would be April. So that's where you come with that. No, I didn't think into that as well, because I don't believe that. But I just I look at the media and I mean, that is a factor in it. All right. As well. But it's more Texas being one of the first ones to be like, okay, we're done with these mask things. You already see it around here. You, like you said, you walked around and nobody, like, yes, wear a mask. But you walk in, nobody says anything if you don't have a mask on. Like, yeah. You see it at the gyms. Like I go to the gym all the time and I see people walk around. Mine falls down. I don't put it back on. I, just, I see um, you're so people responsible. Walk, <laughs> walking around, not even having one on. I mean, you see it all over the place. People already getting tired of it, being like, ah, I see your stats. I see what you're trying to do. And I'm, I don't believe it. No, yeah. So, So that's where I'm kind of coming to like that. That means like vaccine just starting to roll in December, I guess four months for vaccines to kind of come out. And with the executive uh, order of Trump saying America first, you can't distribute these things all over the world. They come to America first, whether that continues into Joe Biden's presidency. I have no idea. I doubt we'll even hear anything about it. Trump's going to pass it, but they're going to take credit for it. Once they go into be like, "Oh yeah, we can really use that. Thank you. Um, And that's where I'm thinking by the, April will be kind of done with the masks um, into mid time This is really going to start moving on.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I think uh, the summertime we can see, uh, depending again on the media, if they stay true to this being a real crisis, then. I don't see masks going away until like way but past that, the summer. But sort that's of like
1: my prediction is I think it's going to switch. So What do you think the media is going to do? Are they going to con- push it and continue it? Or do you think they're going to let well, it go? Well, my
0: thing is like if this is really a crisis, then it's not up to the media. It's facts, and you shouldn't get rid of masks. But if it is mostly bullshit uh, as far as like how, you know, crazy and dangerous it is, then yeah, they will they, change so, the narrative.
1: So, so what is your... It's a prediction. It's like, what are you predicting? When do you think the mask mandates will? My be gut over? says that it will be like the summer. There's something going to happen in the summer. So what month? I'm saying April.
0: Oh fuck! I don't know. I mean, the summer here starts in April. So I mean, <laughs> I guess. Okay, uh, going by
1: like the the seasons, uh, like yeah, winter is like your Your
0: May June area time frame when people want to start. Which one? Oh Jesus! June June. I don't All know. Right. When do people take June. vacations? Like July. July. Okay, let's let's go with June, um, a month or before that. But because I think when people start, that's one thing I think people are eager for, is that as soon as they can, like you're just gonna see. Oh, yeah. People taking vacations. Like, just the like the real estate right.
1: boom is like as soon as people can start getting out, I think people are like, oh my God, finally I can start moving about the damn world or country. Yeah. again You're gonna see vacations
0: all over the place. Which people would be which would be
1: fantastic for. You oh, kind that, that if that did happen for airlines for hospitality just, industries I for hotels, I would be
0: traveling the first year. I'm like, all right, you guys just go out. Let's see what happens. This is
1: gonna be flooded with people. If you, yeah,
0: oh hell yeah. You could you imagine any spot you any <laughs> airport? Oh hell no. That, Matt, that's
1: that's my quarantining. So uh, Kyle Het is a good friend of mine from back in uh, high school. He says masks for life in Washington State. There you go. Ouch. Well, I believe
0: that. I mean Washington State. Jesus, what is it? Uh, what is it? Tifa country over there
1: i don't know that's where seattle they had that they, they had their own country there, the autonomous zone for several weeks and they're just like we don't want guns we don't want protest and the first thing they did is they took up like protection they started setting up barriers we don't It's like now i was, like, well, now the, I was reading
0: that even the the governor there and everything they're like all right we have we have in portland portland, portland. Oregon. yeah yeah because so, they have
1: the the red the red the red house red door house uh, or something like that and people are taking up trying to say their oh, autonomous zone and that mayor's like yeah nope
0: but, Valeria saying that I agree with John. I think Biden is going to cure COVID. So <laughs> there you go. Um, but well, that that's it for us guys. Again, this is the last episode for 2020. Merry Christmas. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hats. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed, uh, all the stuff that we've been putting out this year. Next year is going to be insane. Our, we're already working on so much content, so much stuff that we're going to be putting out. Uh, this year has been a lot of experimental things as you, as you witnessed. And, um, but we're getting the hang of it. We're getting the hang of all this stuff and we're going to be putting out a lot more training on how to go from like zero to, you know, to 50, at least, um, on everything on flipping on wholesaling on rentals. We're we're going to be talking on, on lending money and borrowing money. That's a huge aspect. So we're going to be talking about all that in the coming year, uh, in 2021. So make sure you hit that bell to be notified when we drop a video, um, in case we get taken down because we're just reporting the news. Um, the video is on our website. (laughs) Yeah. Go to our website. Uh, all the links are below, go to our website, you sign up to our newsletter and you're always going to get our content. Um, so far, as long as they don't shut down the internet, you will hear from us. And as you've seen, and you continue to see, we are always paying attention to the market, analyzing, trying to be, trying not to be emotional about anything, trying to just look at things from a calm point of view. So if you want to know how to take care of 2021, watching this channel is how you're going to do
1: it. It's the number one way. It's the only way. So like, just like the video subscribe yes. share the video so everybody knows this is the best place to get all the real news and real facts about the world
0: very well said so <laughs> to everybody out there have a merry christmas happy, happy holidays, holidays. happy new years and we'll see you in 2021